Hello again, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of Two Sport Town, our NFL podcast here at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I'm Ben Fredrickson sitting in alongside the great Jim Thomas. This is season two, episode two. There's been a bit of delay, JT, but there's been a good reason. You've been like traveling the country, going uh, all over the place to uh, to bring some NFL stories to the uh, to the post dispatch. You know, when men have a midlife crisis, what are they looking for? Okay, maybe a new motorcycle. Sure. Maybe a new like a sports car. Yeah. Maybe a mistress, right? Well, that's what they say. Yeah. My wife. For like a year and a half, every and look, night. This is a football podcast. JT, I know, not a relationship. No, we're, there's, 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 there, the, the story's going to get okay. get somewhere. <laughs> uh, on her Facebook page, she's looking for campers. These little pop up campers that you put behind your car, or your pickup truck, or your SUV. So finally, I say, go ahead, let's buy one. So we buy one. In a year's time, we go camping like one time, for one day. Anyway, I'm thinking. Because I made a camp tour last year, minus the Rams, wrapped around the camp, the Canton trip for Orlando Pace. I'm like, well, this year, for a trip wrapped around the Kurt Warner induction, I'll just take the camper. Peter King of Sports Illustrated, Monday Morning Quarterback, he has an RV, and he has a driver. So Peter can sit in the back, take a nap, write, make calls, whatever. I'm the very, very poor man's Peter King. I don't have a driver. I don't really have an RV. So I took this all around. I'm staying at like campgrounds and then going to, but it gives you tremendous flexibility to hit a lot of spots. So I hit six spots. I hit, uh, started out early. I hit the Cleveland Browns. Then I go to Canton. Then I went Bourbonnet for the Bears camp. Pit stop to check in with um, our man Lovey, who, who was on our uh, our first podcast, right, this year. And then uh, Colts, and then uh, uh, who else? Well, and then then I came home for a couple days, and then did Kansas City and Nashville. So the pop-up camper worked. It's air conditioning. Put some miles on fridge. that bad boy. Oh yeah, it was it, it was great. I, I I'd like to expand it. Maybe hit Green Bay, Minnesota. Does it have a, like a writing desk in it, or is it? Well, it's room? got it's got a surface in there, and it's a lot more room than you think. It took me a while to figure out how to you know. Uh, assemble it and and deassemble it. I'm I'm not exactly good at those kind of things. And so, do you take the camper to the uh, to the practices? Are you pulling in the lot there with your with your camper on the back? <laughs> I, I did I did at Illinois <laughs> and Kent Brown, their SID. I asked him about their practice. I said, "Is there plenty of parking? Could I could I could I park? I have a little pop up camper. Could I park it there?" And uh, he said, "Sure." And then he paused. I think he was making a joke. He says, "You're you're not going to sleep there though overnight, are you?" And I said, "No." But uh, for example, in Canton, I just had it at one space for five days for Canton and the Browns camp. I I had the campground chosen kind of strategically halfway between the two, and it was ju- just there for for uh, for five days. So that was my that was my big uh, big adventure, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. And I'm sure the the paper will like it because of the price of. Uh, like five nights camping is probably one hotel room. You hey, know, you we're, make we're... everybody else look bad on their expense reports. Thanks a lot. <laughs> no, 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 no. Did no. you shower during this trip? Huh? Did you shower during this trip? Okay, campgrounds have yeah, oh, okay. they have they have showers. All yeah. Right. So it was uh, it was all it was all good, and uh, again it was a uh, it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. So what are some of your favorite stories that came out of this uh, th- this trek? Well, one you see someone you know at almost uh, every stop. Uh, Lovey was great. He sees me riding his bike. He rides his bicycle to and from 
the practice field. They've 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 moved the practice field just a little bit away from camp. So that was odd to see Lovey pull up on a on a bicycle there. But uh, he was really happy to see me. He said, "Come on, come on up, get close, get close." So I was, I'm practically in the huddle for the Illinois uh, practice, but. Uh, you, you show up at different places, and, and I was there at, Cl- at Cleveland and Berea for two days because they have all kinds of, of, uh, of St. Louis-related angles, uh, including Christian Kirksey, uh, who's a very good, becoming a very good linebacker, signed a big contract for them, and, and, and we wanted to catch up with them. But they have three high school players uh, from the St. Louis area that are on their r- roster. Of course, Greg Williams is there. I, I didn't get to talk to Greg, but... Uh, I don't think they 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 made him available to me because I they they said they said we just we just can't get him which was a little weird but I talked to Blake his son you remember Blake was the coordinator in 2012 with Missouri when when Greg was uh, was in the penalty box for the for the entire year for uh, for Bounty Gate and it yep. was great to see Blake and Blake is a uh, he's a pretty confident guy the apple did not uh, the fall Williams far. family tends to yeah. uh, confidence yeah. is not something they lack they're out from your neck of the woods too uh, what Independence Liberty out a little bit west of Sedalia so it's great to see them Kenny Kenny Britt is there and and then I see How's Al- KB doing KB's uh, doing good again I I missed him but he's the number one receiver there the number one receiver can you be- can you believe oh, that he's the number one receiver for the Rams too I guess yeah he was by the I end guess. of it but I see Al Saunders running around at age 70, and, and when he was with the Rams, and he had two stints with the Rams, most notably with the two years with the greatest show teams. But running up and down the field, the, the dude's like, I thought he was out of coaching. I thought he had retired. So I had to ca- – great – if they gave career awards for assistant coaches, uh, he, he would get one. So it was great to, to see him. And then after that, all the Hall of Fame stuff with, with, with Kurt Warner – Kurt invited me to his party on Thursday night. Nothing like the Jerry Jones party, which had you, you probably heard Justin Timberlake oh, was man. the guest singer for. Uh, and you picked Kurt. How could you? Uh, well, no, you I didn't get invited. Oh, I, I didn't get invited, invited to Jerry, Jerry Jones. Oh, yeah. uh, Kurt, Kurt had like some '80s and '90s cover band, which was a little odd because it was a small room, but a posh country club in the uh, Canton area and just kind of a reception area, and they had one side. Uh, with a like a little ice sculpture with the uh, Arizona Cardinal logo, the other side, and they were serving like Tex-Mex food, the other side with the Rams logo, and they were serving liquor. So hey, I, don't, I, don't know, right. I don't know. I don't know if that tells you anything. <laughs> not many, not many of the uh, Cardinals were there because they were actually playing that night mm-hmm. during the game. I heard Michael Bidwell came there later, and I'm sure you heard the story yeah. about how Bidwell... For people who haven't heard, this, rescued. Is, this is a good story about NFL owners. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. He rescued the Kurt Warner family. Kurt and Brenda came up early. Their seven kids, their grandchild, came up a day later. They get stuck with... The kids. It, it, the kids with a connecting flight Thursday in Chicago. Kurt Warner's panicking. He asks around. David Baker, the, the Hall of Fame guy, says, do you know have anybody that have, have a plane so I can get my family to this party? Baker tells Michael Bidwell, who flies his own jet. Bidwell flies his own jet, so he just told his people, hey, fly to Chicago right now. Pick them up. So he did. They came back, and they, they were all 
kind of grubby, you know, would just travel, you know, kind of how you look right now. Uh, hey, uh, come on. They can't <laughs> no, see me. Don't, don't they, be calling uh, me out. They, you know, they were just in T-shirts and shorts. You know, you, you want to be comfortable when you're traveling. But they showed up about an hour into the party, so it was great. And, and what of a peach, peach of a guy Michael Bidwell has turned into? You know, he's getting awarded at the uh, Musial Awards here uh, uh, like the week before Thanksgiving, I think, because of uh, a donation he made to the local chapter of the Football Foundation. His father was not very popular here, as you know, so it's, it's, it's amazing that, that Michael's kind of done, done a 180. The Kurt p- party was interesting. Brenda's hair was, was interesting. Huh? Did you get what any you reporting done on that? What was that look that she was going for? It was kind of, <laughs> it, it was kind of like almost silver like yours, yeah. but uh, a mohawkish. No, a mohawk, yeah, like a silver mohawk. I told Mike Smith, our online editor, that we should just Google Brenda Warner photos and pick like six photos and have a poll on stltoday.com <laughs> pick your best and your worst of her heritage over the years because there have been some doozies but i don't know but you're talking to a guy my son the drummer roger is 21 he currently has green hair so who am i to complain yeah, yeah that's you know? fair fair point. so no it was good brendan kurt came up got a hug they thanked me for for uh attending and and uh and uh you know uh, uh covering them uh, over the years but uh what did uh, you make of the speech uh, the speech was good. I got to say, Kroenke and Demoff show up at the party. No way. They're in the back of the room. And, and, and we predicted, because of Jerry Jones, that, that, that Kroenke and Demoff would show up. Jerry Jones, is, he, he's, that, that, that's Kroenke's boy. I mean, that's, that's his biggest backer oh, yeah. in the NFL. So in the back of this room, they really didn't move, almost like they were against the wall. But, so I leave. I walk out. I had nothing to say to them. And uh, it was a pretty crowded room. I'm 10 feet from being out the door to head back. And uh, Demoff comes out. So you're going to leave without saying hi to me? So we, we talked for a while. Just small talk. Uh, Stan didn't come by. Oh, he didn't? Hi, but, I'm uh, shocked. But, uh, yeah, no, it was, it was good. To, uh, Dick Vermeil was, uh, was, uh, was there at the party. London Fletcher. It was good to see some, some uh, maybe uh, mid-level or lower-level Rams people from St. Louis. Marcy Moran, who was there, did a great job in community relations with them for years. She was there. for, And then for years after that, she headed the, the Kurt Warner's foundation, the first things first. She had just come off a trip with her husband and two kids, like they're kind of tweenagers. I think the boy is like 12 years old. Ten months in an RV. Here we go, another RV story. Ten you're months swapping, in RV. You're swapping stories from the road there yeah yeah but they did 10 months she just like left her job and they try you wouldn't you go nuts for 10 months it's one thing to do it for a couple of weeks like i did 10 months they saw 30 states so sounds like it could be a chevy chase uh chevy chase movie <laughs> don't right? be getting any ideas man we can't have you taking off for 10 months yeah be, uh, if you go off the grid and start filing dispatches from national parks there you Canada, go we're gonna live be, uh... from live from yosemite <laughs> yeah wh- what did you think of the speech it was different and he said it would be different he said i'm not necessarily going to thank thanks thank st thank st louis i did that already and but but and I'll, I'll address it at future times he didn't mention a whole lot of names yeah i think it i think it was cool because it was kind of seemed like the goal was to use his no one knows his story we all we all know his story and how inspirational it is, but no one knows it better than Kurt. And he seemed to kind of use it as an opportunity to tell it the way he wanted it to be told and also inspire other people, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it was kind of almost like a uh, like he wanted it to be not a, a commercial makes it sound tacky, but it, like a almost like a PSA. Like, look, this is what I did, and anyone can do something amazing. 
Yeah. And that's that's I thought that was a cool thing. I, cool I, way to I, do it. I I like the way he It wasn't about him it. almost. No, and uh but and he talked about moments. You never know how many moments you're going to have in life and try to take advantage of them when you get an opportunity. And he says sometimes you d- don't even know it's a defining moment until maybe well after it happens and Unlike Jerry Jones, who thanked everyone except for Stan Kroenke, I think, in his long speech, and Kurtz, compared to the others, wasn't that long, the best part, the most poignant moment, was when he thanked Trent Green. And I'm on the floor before the floor of the stadium. It's at this, it's actually a high school stadium on steroids. It's like 30,000 seat. The NFL, specifically Tom Benson, the owner of the Saints, has put a lot of money in it. But on the floor is where the invited guests are right in front of the stage and so you can catch like players coming and going martin kilcoin and i from from fox 2 uh in in radio fame catch uh see trent green walking in and it sounds a little weird but like trent you're here and what are you doing here and he said i got invited by kurt which was surprising that he got personally invited and then Kurt, really, I think he mentioned only one player. He didn't mention a bunch of names, and he mentions Trent Green, and he says there, but for the grace of God, uh, Trent Green could be up here instead of me, praised how he handled the situation. I thought that was the best part of the speech. That was that was pretty amazing. Yeah, that, and that shows you the kind of class that, I mean, we can go on and on about Kurt Warner's class, but that shows it right there, that he would take the time at his moment of, moment of fame, the day that he sees his bus, to say, hey, Trent, Thank you for how you handled everything. I mean, yeah. that's 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 chill-worthy stuff. Right to talk there. about some, uh, uh, somebody else, and I, I ran into Kurt at the uh, Chiefs practice because he does the. Uh, he lives in Kansas City now full time. I think he just stayed so there. You after go, his yeah, play uh, this is after Canton. After you wind your way home and then decide, oh, I'm going to go to KC too. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, at, at St. Joe, and he does their preseason games. Now, once the season starts, I think he's on. The, he's he goes national. He's I think the number three broadcast team. Uh, on uh, on CBS, but he said he said yeah I had no idea he was going to talk about me and you could tell he said yeah I was trying not to talk about Trent to, to Trent yeah. yeah he said I was trying not to tear up so uh, that was that that was uh, really really cool uh, the night is so long they have to limit those speeches I got a little and it's a great night but I got a little Hall of Fame weary with all you know they had like Jerry Jones went forty minutes oh my you know? God. They ought to have a like a like a, and I know it's a lifetime achievement award, but they no gotta, one wants to hear Jerry Jones talk. They, it's not no. the players. They live for they, they, yeah, and they 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 got to limit them to like uh, twenty minutes. One other interesting observation: the smallest crowd, and I've been to about six of these now, spread out over many years, going back to the early nineties. Uh, Thirteen thousand five hundred was there in a thirty thousand. Usually that place is packed, and you one you wonder. Again, about the league's popularity, and two, you had a St. Louis Rams representative, and, and God bless Chris Berman, the the MC. He said, "Are there any St. Louis Rams fans here?" He didn't he didn't just say Rams or anything. He mentioned St. Louis specifically, and then you had Ladanian Tomlinson from San <laughs> yeah, Diego. That's a tough. That can be a tough crowd, right? And so, if you're in St. Louis and San Diego, whether you're in the crowd or watching on TV. I, it's kind of a bittersweet moment because you're still stinging over the loss of your t- team, but you're you're happy for these guys. So I thought it was interesting that the crowd was so small because usually that place is uh, that place is packed. Yeah, that, it's hard to go 
as a fan, if you go, obviously you love Kurt Warner, you love LT. If you're mm-hmm. a Chargers fan and you want to see them, you want to see that day. But if you're gonna you're gonna buy a ticket, you're gonna give a take you more give more money to the league that took your team away. I mean, you can see how a lot of people probably pressed pause on that thing. And said, oh, I'm, I might watch it on TV or I might watch it on YouTube. I'm not gonna pay money to go yeah. give more money to the league that stripped our town of its team. I mean, I get it. Yeah. And they're gonna run into that. I mean, I think I think that's something that we've talked about on here before is kind of as time goes by, whether it's the concussion issue or whether it's the the way the league handles things, it kind of acts like it's invincible. And at some point that might catch up to it and uh, you might start to see it. Except our our commissioner is, is, uh, well, not our commissioner anymore, but how about Roger Goodell? Five more years. Five more years. (laughs) The money keeps rolling in. He'll be fine. That's all they care about. That is all they care about. It's amazing. You could have all these other problems and he's going to make, 30 million plus. You bet. You bet. How was KC, by the way? I know a lot of people here are, are kind of starting to maybe follow the Chiefs a little bit more. Maybe less so now that Jeremy Macklin has moved on and they decided to get rid of him. But uh, certainly an interesting team. Um, there's all kinds of conversation, excitement about Mahomes, and people are already writing Alex Smith off, which uh, <laughs> Big Red does not like. Andy no. Reid is saying, stop no. that. Yeah. But it won't stop because they've got an exciting quarterback. Um, what do you make of their chances? And they've also got some local. Uh, at least one local player there who's starting to try to find his way. Yeah, uh, and interestingly, their ratings were up well over 20% for the first preseason game compared to last year. So I know there's a little bit of a backlash still from some fans because uh, Clark Hunt was the lone no vote on the committee vote. And in essence, uh, people here interpreted it as a vote against St. Louis. It wasn't against St. Louis. He just didn't think L.A. was a two-team town. And looks like he might have been right. Well, it may not. I, I think you can debate that it's even a one NFL team town. But, yeah, the, the Chiefs have a – there's a lot of expectations, a lot of buzz for them. It's interesting that the first three NFL teams that I visited, they're, they're going to be pretty far in the standings. Cleveland, you look at their defensive players, there's a lot of names you recognize. Joe Hayden's a pro bowler. Miles Garrett, the number one pick, who looked fabulous the the couple days I was there Bruce Smith was there like tutoring him they've they formed a a relationship you've got Jamie Collins the expatriate at linebacker you've got Christian Kirksey who's who's really becoming a good uh player Jabril Peppers and Greg Williams we know Williams at least in short doses two three four years he will make a defense better uh for the head boys Huh? Shoot yeah, for the head, boys. Yeah, really, really. You know, I've got a lot of money here for you now. Uh, but they, you know, better for them could be 5-11, and 11, you know, because they've still – and, you know, I have no rooting interest in Cleveland whatsoever, but if they make uh, – and, and they're close to naming their starter here, as, as many teams are. If they name Brock Osweiler the starter, I may just scream. I, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll come on next week and scream on, on uh, Two Sport Town here uh, uh, about it. And then, then I go to the Bears, and there's not much there. There's just not much there. Such a proud franchise. It's such a football town, uh, Chicago. But uh, everybody wants Mike Lennon up there to just go away. Mitch Trubinsky has looked very, very good in the in the in the preseason games. John Fox is or seems committed and pretty stubborn about keeping Glennon there. The whole Trubisky thing is uh, is the only thing maybe keeping that. Well, they were hammering that kid when he was drafted. Now they've flipped yeah. on him. They're, they're, yeah. fav- they're in favor. Oh, my God. When I was at practice, uh, they were chanting, chanting his name and stuff whenever he would get reps. 
Nothing, not even one. Way to go, Mike. Not even polite applause if Glennon made a nice pass. But they much love for Trubisky. And you can see it. His movement, the way he can move around and buy time. He's got a very accurate arm, but he's he's fumbling uh, center snaps under center because they're all these guys are you know they're 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 in these shotgun these these uh, air raid offenses in college and it's it's a big adjustment. Then I go to Indy and what a hot mess that is. Andrew You're on the Luck. tour of dysfunction. Yeah, yeah, and Andrew Luck. It's like they hide him in the indoor facility. And uh, they don't. Yeah, he's been working out on his own and in the building. He hasn't talked since like the opening day of camp. So they're like hiding him from the media. But it, he hasn't practiced with the team yet. We're we're what two weeks and two days as as we record this two sport town podcast away from playing. They have this new GM, Chris Ballard. What were they? Why wouldn't they go out and get a veteran quarterback in the office? What were they thinking? Scott Tolzien. I hate to say this. The Colts, with Scott Tolzien, it looks more and more that luck isn't going to be ready for the season. They're going to go out and lose to the L.A. Rams in the opener. Scott Say Tolzien. Say it ain't so. Huh? Scott, Say it ain't so. Scott Tolzien. Okay, so long way around the story. Back to the Chiefs again. Rookie quarterback fever, but Mahomes, my God. I, I, I got excited watching him in practice. I was there for, for uh, two practice days, the way he moves around, the way he throws on the move, and his arm is so strong. He can, you know, doesn't matter if it's a back foot throw, if he's off balance, wherever his arm angle he is. Can chuck he can it, huh? in there. Oh, yeah. And, you know, he's not like a real speedster when he scrambles, but he can move around the pocket. He is the young. Farvish? He is. Very much so. And I hate to say it, but he is. And he's looked good in the, in the, in the, in the preseason games. And, and Alex Smith, and he was pretty honest. I got actually Alex a few minutes just to, to myself. You know, every day he shows up to practice, he looks at Mahomes, and he's, he's looking at his, you know, this is your replacement, okay? And it probably won't be this year, but next year Smith's salary bumps up like $4 million. His cap hits $20 million. He He knows. And Smith's a big boy. And I, I've, been, I've been there at a lot of the career points for – for Alex Smith, I was at Candlestick Park when Jolon Dunbar knocked him in the next Tuesday, the concussion in 2012 that opened the door for uh, Colin Kaepernick. Then I talked to uh, Smith at the Super Bowl that year. Kaepernick leads him to the Super Bowl. Kaepernick sitting at the table, the lesser players, you know, at the Super Bowl, if you're the star player, you get podiums, the lesser players. It's a table about the size uh, that we have here at World Headquarters for Two Sport Town. And there's like two or three practice squad players, you know, sitting, and, and there's Alex Smith, and he handled it pretty well. And so now he's got this, but, he, you know, he's had a good run. He's, he's a good quarterback. I think they keep him in there. The, the Chiefs, again, they're so good. Their roster's so solid. It's just weird to see an organization, at least these recent four or five years since they've had Andy Reid, that has a plan, that knows what they're doing, that even plans ahead. They plan ahead with the quarterback. Well, they just got a new GM. Unlike, yeah, unlike the clown show. And didn't skip a beat. Yeah, unlike the clown show that we we saw here. (laughs) The one thing I worry about their their, uh, offense is, okay, I think Tyreek Hill, again, is going to be a dynamic playmaker. Travis Kelsey's a playmaker. I think they need one more guy, and I just don't know if they have that. I think Alex Smith, and you saw it a little bit in practice, seen a little in the preseason games, with the gunslinger Mahomes behind him, I think Alex Smith is taking more chances, 
throwing it downfield. So that might help those guys. I want to I want to also mention Tennessee. I am completely on the Tennessee bandwagon. They they were nine and seven last year. Just missed the playoffs. I think they're a ten or eleven win team this year. They had a great off season. Marcus Mariota's the the real deal. There's a big buzz down there in in Tennessee. Uh, for them, and uh, I, you know, look out, look, look out for those guys this year. They had a great, like I said, a great off season. Uh, they they addressed a lot of holes, and they got extra draft picks from the Rams from that Jared Goff trade. So that that's going to be fun to watch down there. Speaking of uh, Rams ineptitude, uh, what did you make of the comments? You got the you got the uh, yeah the story in today's Post Dispatch. There's a book that's out that is uh, includes uh, Mike Mark not really holding back on uh, on what he thinks of the Rams' new coaching situation. I miss Mike Martz. My God, what a! And I know you can go ahead say this your Jim we, Thomas. This is, Mike the, this is the weekly plug that no, Jim Thomas gives Mike Martz. He was such. On the he was such. Great. We're still looking for a sponsor for this uh, unsolicited advertisement. So yeah. if you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to throw some money at us for it, cough Mike Martz, cough. Please contact executive producer Gary Harrells. Yeah, there there is a Martz uh, bus lines, and so that sometimes transports players at the Super Bowl. Maybe they could sponsor it. Perhaps yeah. RTZ. But he was such great copy, and that's why you miss. And you never knew what he was going to say from day to day. And this was a classic example. A little bit of a backstory here: the author Thomas Jarge, who we hope to have on very shortly on the program. I've known him forever. He's out of Paducah, Kentucky, and uh, he he's worked for the New York Times. Highly respected writer. Had a lot of good, a uh, lot of good stops. Some other stops in his career. Now he's with SB Nation. He sends me an advanced copy of this book. Well, about two and a half, three months ago, because he wants me to write a liner jacket endorsement for it, which I'm more than happy to do. So I read the book, and page 99 on page 99, you talk about alarm bells uh, going off. We're going to have a we're going to have a reading right now on Two Sports Town, talking about Jared Goff. This is from the book Blitz: Why NFL Teams Gamble on Rookie Quarterbacks. George interviewing Mike Martz. Who knows? Several months ago. I guess, several, several months ago. And he's talking about McVay at 31 being the youngest coach in modern NFL history. And he says, this guy is a quarterback expert, an offensive expert. Wait a minute while I puke. (laughs) Wait a minute while I puke. He says, right, he's going to be able to teach and handle and guide Jared Goff through tough times because of all his expertise and knowledge. Right. I'm not going to drink that Kool-Aid. And what he also said was they handled his buddy. He said, what is he, a couple of months older than Jared? They hired a buddy for Jared. So the NFL has nothing to do with being the friend or the buddy of the quarterback. You've got to coach them, work with them with respect, but hire a buddy. So, and then, so a radio station in L.A. gets Mike Martz on the phone that morning to talk about it. Naturally, he's backpedaling. He said, oh, some. He said, some of the comments may have been embellished. My gosh, when I hear those words. You hear his voice. I can hear his voice. <laughs> I can see those eyes squinting, the head cocked. We should have Martin Kilcorn. He used to do a great Martin, Martin impression. He should have done the reading. Of course he said it. And you, you never know when you hit Martz what you're going to get. And Thomas George just hit him at the right part. Of course he feels that way. Well, now in L.A., because golf had a good first half against Oakland, they think they're going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, so they, sure. So their feelings are hurt out there that, mm-hmm. that Mike Well, I Martz did see they asked McVeigh about him. 
and he said, you know, I got nothing but respect for Mike Martz, yeah. which was translated as, I want to wring this guy's neck. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show him age discrimination. Right. You know, yeah. A no. buddy? Yeah. A buddy? And, and Martz, Martz was always tough love with quarterbacks until you proved yourself. Then once you prove yourself, he was fine. But my gosh, how he used to be in Kurt Warner's face in, in uh, 1999 during the preseason before Trent Green was even hurt. But then once he showed he could handle it, Mike was fine. And that's, that's just the way he is. And I don't know if that's the right way or the wrong way. McVay could turn out fine. I'm intrigued by him. Now, I know some people. Rick Venturi, who we've had on the show, is from the John Gruden camp. The John Gruden camp loves McVay. I have another coach that I know very well that I talked to recently that said, uh, and no, it's not Mike Martz, our lovey Smith, that said uh, he knows McVay, and McVay called him and said, boy, I don't know what I've gotten into here. Because mm. you know, it's it's a clown show. Their, their rosters. I just I don't worry about McVay. I just worry about anyone trying to overcome that swamp hole. I mean, a great <laughs> coach could be in there. And not and be average because of all the weight that's hanging off of him in that job. Yeah, and we'll, so we'll we'll see how we'll see how McVay does. But they're they're you know the bar is set very low there. So golf could complete three passes in a row in one game, and it could be great. But uh, we're, we're going to try to get Mike on again before right around the Hall of Fame. It's about mid September, I think he goes into the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. Great. We're going to try to get Mike into. Well, we get Mike Martz. I'm sure he'll say all the right things about uh, <laughs> about Sean McVay. Will we yeah. get Martz on the podcast before the Rams sign Aaron Donald? <laughs> oh, I don't think so. Uh, Adam Schefter, who we know is all over those these these things, he said on the air the other day he thinks that Aaron Donald may not report until week eight. Here's the thing about week eight. It's an issue, JT. Yeah. Here's the thing about week eight. If you report after week eight, your contract is told. That means when you come back, in this case, it would be 2018, you're working for the same contract terms of 2017, the season that you skipped a half. And also, you do not receive credit for what's called an accredited season, which helps you for your pension, which helps you for your benefits, which helps you for, for to be eligible for free agency. So that's why eight. He's not going to wait till after week eight. But I had on the chat, I had a fan say, well, do you think he might danger that he wants to get out, out of L.A. or wants to sit out a year? And I said, most of these holdouts, they come back after the third preseason game. Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh, who's holding out, actually said he, he tweeted. He gave an example. I'll be back September 1. So he's going to wait till after the fourth game. And if you come back after the third game, you're, you're, they're not going to throw you in the first game. But you come back after the third game, you get a week, a week and a half to get ready for the opener. You've got Dwayne Brown still holding out, a left tackle, very good for Houston. You've got Donald Penn, left tackle, very good for Oakland. You've got Aaron Donald. And, boy, if Donald, if he didn't show up to week eight, yeah, that means he wants out and – the Rams set themselves up for this. I mean, I was at the combine. I was like four feet away from Les Snead when he said, yeah, he, boy, he deserves a big pay raise. We, we, we got to pay him. Well, what are you waiting for? Aaron Donald should be the highest paid defensive player in the NFL. It's just the way of the world. His timing is perfect. He's universally acclaimed. And you know what? The way these contracts go, five years from now, it'll seem like, okay, it's a good contract, but 
they don't go you, down. If you're playing for a team that's going to go out and have a legitimate chance to win a Super Bowl, maybe you say, look, i got to get back there. we got to get this thing off the ground. I'm a key part of this. But if you're playing for a team that you know the only thing to look forward to is your salary and your paycheck, then you want to get as much as you can. I don't blame it. Well, you have to. And I, I've changed my opinion on this. You know, some of the old school guys are like these these players should, you know, my gosh, they're, they're greedy. Look at other whatever. Look at other professional sports league contracts how oh, yeah. much money i mean nfl players get the shaft man yeah. their money's not yeah. guaranteed and, and they much deserve of it isn't fight. Guaranteed. they should fight for this but the whole concussion issue has i mean has changed it too as i have kind of got to learn a little bit more about the concussions i'm like they should get everything they can while they can the owners that got the money boys i mean they, they make them pay it yeah they can afford to pay uh roger goodell yeah. 30 40 million yes. and he, he he's he, he he's never taken a snap on the on the field. So. Well, we're running up on our on our end of the show here, but I did want to ask you because you wrote about it for your on Sunday column um, or on football column about uh, Chris Long, because the I guess if you would have asked me at the beginning of our last podcast is Colin Kaepernick going to play again this year, I would have said, well, I mean, I think he's good enough to play in the NFL, but I think the owners are going to make it so he's blackballed, not as in terms of sign this here, we won't sign Colin Kaepernick, just because they don't want to deal with the backlash from fans they could hear about, and they don't like what he's doing, so they can, if they want to, if they want to block him from playing. But that was before the, the protests continued. We've seen more players, African-American players are, are protesting, but now also white players are joining in. Um, Justin Britt, a former Mizzou um, lineman has joined in. There's been uh, uh, multiple Cleveland players um, altogether decided to take a knee during the anthem. We've seen other types of protests as well, which brings me to Chris Long, who has now was one of the, uh, I believe he was the first, uh, well, the first white player to to join in on in the, the NFL. And he didn't take a knee, but there was a player on his team. Who um, Malcolm Jenkins was sitting down? Correct. No, he or he put Malcolm it, no, I'm Jenkins sorry, he raised his fist, fist in the air, and Chris and put his arm over his shoulder. It. Yeah, and and Jenkins has done that since the early part of last year. And now it's becoming a bigger, a bigger, bigger story because more players are joining in. Do you think this makes a difference when it comes to Kaepernick getting a shot somewhere? I don't, I don't think so. And it, but it, but it's very interesting because. But how is it that Kaepernick? takes a knee and he's done and these other guys are I taking know. a knee or raising a fist or sitting down or Mar- Marshawn Lynch is taking a knee and no one yeah. no one's blackballing Marshawn Lynch from the league. Is it because Kaepernick isn't good enough? Is it because he's not good enough and he's controversial enough? Is it a sliding scale? What do you think is keeping him? I and mean, we just sat here and talked about teams that need better backup quarterbacks. Jack- Colts, Jacksonville, he Colts could included. maybe possibly go in there and start for so, Jacksonville. So Blake at, what point does, at what point does a team say, look, no, it's we, a great point. we want a good player here. It's we'll a great point. The other stuff. And it'll be interesting once the regular season starts. I think this thing is it's not going, going to diminish. It's going to be more widespread. What really set Chris Long out was the, were the Charlottesville riots. He's from Charlottesville. He went sure. to the University of Virginia. That's his basically his permanent residence. That's what he calls home. He still goes back there in the uh, – in the offseason. The interesting thing was players like Michael Bennett of the Seahawks and just other maybe so agents, social uh, commentators said, we need a white player to step up for this to really ring true. And there was Chris Long. I, and, you know, it wasn't... It doesn't surprise me. No. And it wasn't <laughs> quite, uh, you know, Pee Wee Reese in the movie 42 putting his arm around Jackie Robinson, but it was still pretty poignant. It was, it, it was it subtle was yet poignant. It was quite a gesture. And now Justin Britt, the Cleveland preseason game on Monday Night Football... There were like 11 players in some kind of gesture, including Christian Kirksey, the aforementioned uh, Christian Kirksey, who, who, who's out of the Hazelwood uh, 
school, school district here, Hazelwood East, I want to I want to say, and uh, he was part of that. So, yeah, I no, I agree with you. It makes all the sense in the world. Okay, what are you going to ban all these players right. now? And you know, I I I don't know how to, how to, how to read that. I don't know why. And and people will say Jacksonville really isn't Florida. It's really southeastern Georgia, <laughs> and that may not play well there, but. Kaepernick would be perfect for them. They have a run-oriented offense. Blake Bortles is, is just imploding. He looks like he's done. Your alternative is Chad Henney. They should just How sign is him. he still around? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Well, even Baltimore, uh, the owner, Steve Bishotti, like, he, he, like, surveyed the fans. Yeah. Why do you need to survey the fans? Our they don't buddy survey Rick- the fans when <laughs> they sign a guy who's beating his wife to a pulp. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah, it's uh, crazy, yeah. man. That's no, crazy. It, it, it's really crazy, and—, and uh, uh, so they didn't sign him in uh, Baltimore. Well, I think we're seeing that. I don't think this movement's going anywhere, and it's going to come to. Uh, it's going to continue to be a topic. And if people, I, people are going to complain that they don't want to hear about it anymore. But as long as they show shots of guys on the sideline, people are going to be talking about it. And I don't think that's going anywhere either. So, a continuing discussion that we will have throughout the NFL season. We'll probably revisit it here, I would imagine, on the podcast and. Uh, and I guess we should probably wrap this thing up, JT. Anything else before we uh, tell the folks goodbye until next week? No, I'm uh, I'm talked out. I did too much talking this week. That's not going to be the case. Can we get a photo of the camper to include on the podcast? I, can, I feel like Gary needs to make I that I can happen. do that. I can do that. Preferably I can, I clean it up a little bit. I don't want to see what it looks like after two weeks of you being in it without the, uh, <laughs> without some sort of uh, cleaning exposure for that thing. But thanks, for everybody, for joining us. We'll be back next week. And uh, just a reminder, too, if you want to catch this episode, if you want to pass it along to a friend, or if you want to go back and listen to old episodes, our interview with Lovey Smith, for example, that we kicked off the season with, very easy to find. Just go to stltoday.com slash podcast or you just go to itunes or google play music that's the easiest way you can actually subscribe to the podcast there they'll come directly to your phone your computer ipad whatever you're using easy to find it just to sport town stl today.com punch those things into google everything you need will come up and uh, we'll be uh, dropping a new episode next week for jim thomas for executive producer gary harrelson i'm ben Fredrickson, and we'll talk to you guys next time